Best Book Bits brings you back Brad Burton, author of four books, UK's number one motivational business speaker and founder of Four Networking, an entertainer, educator, and true motivator. Brad, thanks for being back on the show. Thank you, Mike. It has been too long. Or has it? It's been about six months, but it's strange six months, but we're getting through this. Absolutely. Tell me about what's uh, what's been your last six months like. What have you been up to? So, you know, we've been focused on the Network Central website, the Network Central thing, and we'll get to it later. But I've spent seven months developing a website, developing a website, and the amount of things that you need to do to bring in a website. You've got to bring in creative design. You've got to bring in copywriters. You've got to bring in, uh, from a, uh, a technical perspective, you've got to bring responsive people. And like, I don't think people realize. And then you go to a website, it's actually the website. Like, whoa. So we've spent seven months uh, really focused on a particular thing, which is a network central uh, website. And, um, and interestingly, in, in the UK, I think we are heading towards a completely new landscape, like on every front, online, offline, and so forth. Now, I don't know where, where, you, know, where you are in the world, um, whether, what it's like there, but I think that it's time now. It's time for people to kind of clean the slate and go forget what's gone in the past. What's the future look like? Yeah, correct. I think it's perfect time for Network Central um, coming out. I've done a little bit of research on it myself. And I can tell you straight up, Facebook and Instagram just seem like a cesspool of business. And it's gone away from the days where people were connecting with people, where now it's literally just flooded with business. So talk to me a little bit about what is sort of Network Central and why it is the business place to be if you are an entrepreneur or a small business owner as well. So if you think about, um, it's a bit like social media, I believe it's a bit like getting on a bullet train. You and I get on a bullet train, we go 200 miles an hour. And when we get off that bullet train, we get on another bullet train going 200 miles an hour. When we get off that, we get on another bullet train going 200 miles an hour. And nobody knows where the fuck they're going or why. But what's happened is what used to work and used to do post about business or whatever you did or a bit of fun and so forth, everything has just started being on steroids, right? It's no longer can a rapper. I was looking at some rappers from the 80s, you know, showing a thousand dollars or whatever and i look at people now they're on social media they're with three million dollars and use it as a phone influencers you know getting thinner and they're getting bigger boobs bigger bums just everything is going to and to the point where people can no longer compete right it's like it's the only people that that that, that, that can uh, take the, the the spotlight are people that are extreme now so no longer is it, does anyone kind of respect a business owner that is earning a living and taking their children to school and going to a sports day. And actually what it's about right now is not only having one Lamborghini, but it's having a suite, a fleet of 10. The thing's just gone stupid. Now, maybe it's because of my age. I'm 48, coming up to nearly 50 years old. But it just doesn't appeal to me. I just think this is a game that is it's almost like a zero-sum game is that nobody can win. Because I'll tell you something. I had a friend of mine, and he, he said to me, and he's a, an entertainer, and he said to me, right now he could be in Dubai, and he could be in Dubai, and he could be uh, quaffing champagne on social media, and everyone's going, whoa, look at that amazing success. But as he said, what you end up doing is you end up creating an illusion for your reality. And his reality is that he's got a poorly mother, and actually he's spending time with her over in Manchester. And I think that this is the problem that we've got with social media and the, and the whole social thing right now is that everyone is creating an illusion. An illusion, an illusion, an illusion. And those people who have got these lifestyles are also creating an illusion for themselves because I guarantee life isn't as good or as perfect as anyone dictates. I ask this when I speak to people. I say, look, if your life is perfect, put your hand up. Never have a hand go up, not once. Of all the times I've asked that question. 
If your uh, business is perfect, put your hand up. Not once. In a, you know, I've been asking that for months. I've not seen a single hand go up. On that basis, if I was to ask the same question, which I often do, which is, um, how many? put your hand up if you believe that if you go onto Instagram, you'll see perfect lives and perfect businesses. 80% of hands go up. Right. So where do these people exist? Did it really exist? Or is it bullshit that is a set up? And this is the game that we're in. And I've just looked at it and I've gone, this is a game that you can't win. The only way that you can win that game is by having ridiculous, you know, ostentatious stuff. But that isn't winning. That's not what life is about. And I think that what we end up doing, I've seen so many people spend their life trying to, you know, show off to other people. It's crazy. Anyway, so that's that one element of that whole social media thing. And I think, well, this is just a game that you can, nobody can sensibly win. There can only be one person at the top of that flossing tree. And then I look at social media again and I ask the question, once again, straight question to small business owners. Um, if you've used LinkedIn, let's say, uh, in the last two weeks, put your hand up, 95% of hands go up. If you believe that LinkedIn is giving you a fair crack of the whip in terms of uh, you know, presenting your, 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 your post and the likes, keep your hand up, Vroomf, everyone's hand goes down. And I'm like, whoa, so it's not just me. And people say, Brad, but you need to give LinkedIn a little bit of time. 13 years. Ah, but Brad, you need more followers. 12,500 followers. And no matter how clever my post is that I put up, no matter how clever it is, I'll get five likes, 10 likes. So if I can't get it working as an author who understands the internet, who's, who's, who's tech savvy, who's been involved in social media or, or the internet before it was the internet since 1994, if I can't get it working, then guess what? What does your ordinary Joe runs a business chance of getting it working? And I just thought, this is crazy. And this is why it was pissing me off. And people say, ah, what you need to do, go into LinkedIn in the morning and you need to press those buttons and do that. And then you need to get an engagement pod. And then but what the fuck? Whatever happened to just posting and people seeing it and like, pfft. so with that, it just, we came up with the concept of Network Central and thought, right, if it was creating a social media platform for the 95% of people that don't feel they're getting a crack of the whip, a uh, fair crack of the whip with, with LinkedIn, what would we do? We'd have no algorithms. Okay, cool. Boom. We'd go back to a time. It's almost like, why did he have 80s nightclubs and 90s nightclubs? Because we're in 2021. Because actually some people prefer it, the old nightclubs and the old way. That's what I've done. I've taken the internet back to a time when actually I preferred it. A time before all this bullshit. And, um, you know, Network Central, it, it's... Um, you know, we're doing really well. I don't know, 300 people signed up in the first, uh, on average, a week, which is pretty cool. So it's, you know, it's never going to be the biggest. It's never going to be the big, biggest. I mean, that'd be cloud cuckoo land to believe it will be. But can it be the most effective for small business? Absolutely, yes. And I think this is what people need to do. They need to wean themselves off the bullshit numbers. Ah, I've got 10,000 followers. I've got 12,500 followers on, 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 on LinkedIn. I would rather have 125 people who are connected with me. And that's what Network Central is about. It's not about the big numbers. You want the big numbers? Go and pretend that those big numbers are serving you. Because I certainly did the same. At one point, I think I had like 40,000 uh, Twitter thingies, whatever. I can't even remember. But it's just nonsense. Just It doesn't have any correlation between effectiveness. And I think people have got themselves there. And also, I suppose, what we were just saying, going back to the point I made before, about the illusion, right, rather than the reality, I think that's what ends up happening. We end up we end up becoming part of the machine and uh, I've got 40,000 followers, okay? And you end up using that as some sort of defense that you're working or it's effective or it's going in the right way. Not for me. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, one quote that's been stuck in my head for a long time, there was a 
the CEO of the Fox Network, uh, I think a decade or two ago, he said, I wish it wasn't ran for numbers, but the whole thing is is run for numbers. And we reverse engineer back to the number or the ratings or how many people watching. And it's like, is that really the relevance of our life is to be dictated by numbers? So I think what you said before, how we're going through a transitioning period of, I think people realize numbers are bullshit. Numbers can be bought. Numbers don't mean shit. It's really getting back to real people and connecting, as you said, with those 125 real people that you know, that know you and want to do business with you as well. This, 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 this. And, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, if you're the top of that tree, I get it, right? If you've got Kim Kardashian, 5 million, whatever, right? That's fine. But for the vast majority of people, you're never going to get that kind of numbers. You know, I got a, a friend of mine who's an influencer over in over in the UK, blue tick on Instagram, this, that, and the other, uh, 120,000 followers. He has been at that solidly for eight years. Eight years, day in, day out, videos, did, 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 eight years. Now, he runs a business off that, and that's fine. But the problem is, is at any point, Instagram could switch him off for whatever reason, right? Okay, it's not going to happen. But it has happened. People's livelihoods, it's almost like you end up getting another COVID. So I just think that really where I'm at is I'm not prepared to, 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 to play a game that I can never win. And that's the bit. And no matter how clever it was, and don't get me wrong, LinkedIn used to work for me. And then something that they did changed. Nothing that I did because all I've been the same. It used to, I used to, when I say works, you know, big engagement and this, that, and the other. Boom, it's not the case. So what is the point? It's like being in a, a stadium that's empty, shouting, shouting. What is the point? But people do that because that's what you've got to do, social media. You've got to get on social media. Why? Because we always got on social media. Whatever happens, and this is the thing. I think that no matter how elaborate a solution is, and this is where I look at like Facebook um, advertising and pixels and retargeting and this, that, and the other. I've looked at the back end of that. My God, you need a degree in computer science to get it working. It's like, who's why have they done this, made it so complicated? They've made it so complicated to build an industry so that people... Nonsense. Get me out of that. And I think that this is almost like... Uh, you know, Dennis Leary, tune in, drop out, whatever. That's where I'm at with social networking right now. I'm just like, it's a stupid game. At one point, it used to be fun. It used to be fun. And when the fun stops being on social networking, what are we doing it for? Business. Business and likes and, and engagement. What does engagement mean? What, what What is it about engagement that moves your life forward? I don't know. It just, I just, I just think we're on the wrong, we're on, we're on the wrong bullet train. That's my view. Yeah, got it. What what makes sort of Network Central better than, you know, other networking organizations? So talk to me about sort of, you know, 1N, 3N, 4N, social rooms, you know, what what's that about? And online meets 2N, yeah. So, so so where we've started with Network Central, networkcentral.biz, okay, where we've start, started um, with Network Central isn't where we're going to end up. So what I've done with Network Central is I've looked at what I consider to be what I would want right? As a business owner, what would I want from a networking organization? I'd want, if possible, especially in today's circumstances, for me to be able to run my business from this. So everything you need to run your business from a computer. So whether it's leads, advice, contacts, networking opportunities, uh, opportunities to flog your stuff, marketplace, all these kind of things. And what we've got with them, um, and this is the crazy thing about it. If it wasn't for COVID, there'd be no Network Central. My business for networking started in 2006, uh, run 5,000 business networking meetings up until uh, March the 16th when COVID came along and gone. 5,000 networking meetings a year, gone. Like gone to nothing. Like having ice cubes and then all of a sudden you've got no ice cubes, you've just got wet hands. That's what we ended up with. 
so we kind of looked at it and said, okay, what does this make possible? And actually what it made possible was for a fresh start, a, a, a clean slate. And actually we've got one networking, which is a referral based organization, which is next generation referral. So with one networking, we've kind of, we kind of looked at the whole referral networking space and going, you know what, bit up its own ass, bit righteous, a uh, bit self-centered. And I think, is there a way that you could make a referral networking organization that has all the good stuff from referral networks, referrals, contacts, and so forth, take the pressure off and still have the effectiveness? Yes. So we've done that. I've taken the pressure off, yet we've still got the effectiveness, which is crazy. Right, so you might not have a hundred percent effectiveness. You've got ninety-five point five, but you don't have to get the shit. So we've kind of worked that through. Um, same goes for three networking. I've looked at the whole networking space. Speed networking is just like shouting at each other for a minute and then moving on. We've kind of evolved that and changed that. And four networking's back online. So within Network Central, what we've got is we've got a, effectively a complete suite of events running on every single day. So if you're a business owner, you can come to Network Central and you know that there's a networking event that you can do that day. And actually what we're working on now is integrating seminars. So every single day there's going to be a seminar, a daily seminar, whether it's, you know, LinkedIn for, for learners or, or sales techniques. Every single day there's going to be a seminar that somebody's going to put on. So as a member, you can come and massive. This is real life stuff. It's like I say, it's like a virtual office and it doesn't end there. I've got two networking launching in February as well, which is a pure social network. <laughs> Not Sounds fantastic. That, that sounds good. And is it... Um... One thing I was listening on London Real recently, and I know you've been featured on London Real with Brian Rose, but uh, one of the guys he interviewed was talking about Google, and he said, hey, if any of the social media networks are for free, then you're the, you're the product. So people don't realize that you might consume on that, but you actually are the product. You're the one being farmed. Is networking central? Is it free? Do you have to sign up? Well, how, do, how do people get access to it? So, so, so this is the thing. People don't respect free. So we actually as a paid membership organization, and that means once again, we're not gonna get the millions of users. Right, realistic about that. But we don't want millions of users. What we want, we want people who understand that actually, if people want free, are they suddenly then unlikely to, you know, when it comes to you selling your services, go actually, so, so what we've got is a walled garden. Everyone can have a basic account and you can come on there and you can say hello, you can have basic uh, functionality. But the good stuff starts with the, 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 the Plus and Pro membership. All you've got to do is go to networkcentral.biz forward slash join. So in answer to that question, it is paid. We are a membership organization. And last time I checked, and this is the other thing, um, somebody said, well, this should be free. Last time I checked that £50,000 website cost £50,000. Where do you think that money comes from? You know, like literally, I said that to someone the other day. I said, you know, that 50,000 quid for that free platform you think it should be. Who's paying for that? Me? You know, because actually we all as a collective. So um, so it is, it's paid for and, but, and, it, and that'll slow the growth down of it, right? That'll slow the growth down of it. But what we want to do is we don't want it right. We want it right now. Sorry, we want it right, not right now. And that's where we are. So we're quite prepared after this last two years um, is to, to, to take our time to get it right. And I think there's a difference between me now. Uh, the, the brand of, of before would be more bullish. And I think that right now, uh, under the climate that we're in, you know, I'm picking my shots a whole lot better than I've ever done before and making certain that whatever I, uh, I go for is actually going to hit. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, well done with it. And I wish you all the success with that. Uh, what's next for Brad Burton? Are you still uh, speaking on stage, doing gigs? What's, what's happening there in your speaking career? Yeah, listen, that slowed down as well. Uh, you know, the whole COVID situation. I've got a friend of mine I was talking to the entertainer. He runs events um, like raves and he's got, uh, generally speaking, his, 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 his kind of uh, his normal uh, events. You get a thousand people, a thousand people. And he, he's been doing this for 
20 years. So a thousand people would come. Um, the event that he run on, on, on last Friday, 300 people there. So it's a real strange one. This guy had been doing a thousand plus week in, week out, and he's got 300 people there. So we don't know which way it's going. From a speaking perspective, yes, I'm still speaking. Uh, are we doing as many gigs as we did prior to COVID and lockdown? Nope, no, we're not. Um, and, and this is where we are now. We're like gearing up for 2022. There's nothing that we're doing right now that is, is aimed at 2021, like nothing. It's finished. The year's finished as far as we're concerned. We're plodding, we're building for 2022. Um, you know, like I can say, I'm, I'm kind of my approach to uh, as a motivational speaker now is really trying to give people that kind of fortitude and hope that actually they can do this. That, you know, that they need to get themselves into this new world because I think it's almost like swimming the channel. People have got themselves halfway across and they want to go back to shore. It's like, listen, keep going fucking forward. That's what you've got to do, not backwards. So, yeah, speaking is there. Uh, we are ramping that up, but we're preparing right now for 2022. We've got a big campaign going out in January. Yeah, and you're speaking to more business owners and people like accountants and things like that instead of your normal sort of circuit where you're sort of motivating the average punter you're more um speaking to businesses through there as well yep so accountants has been funny because i, I don't even know how i end up you know that if, if there's one field or category that um business type that, that i appeal to it's accountants and it's like weird you know i've, I've keynoted at um zero con and i've keynoted at accountex these are the two biggest shows in the uk for um for accountants and i've opened the shows and it's like, you know, I don't even know how, I genuinely have no idea, but a lot of my mentoring clients are, are, are accountants. And it's like, that's nuts. So, um, so yeah, so we're majoring on that in January. We're kind of gearing up for a big campaign there, targeting accountants. Yep, and you're sort of changing yourself. I know you're UK's number one motivational business speaker. What's next sort of for 2022? Yeah, no, I've been, I've been approached to do a, a coaching and, and training, which is, which is nuts. And this is what I'm trying to say about transitioning. Everything that, that, that the world was in, in 2019, the world has changed. I wouldn't have thought that in two years' time what would happen. We'd have a lockdown and we'd have COVID and we'd have a network central and one networking and three networking and you'd be <laughs> mental. But that's what it's about. It's about moving with it. Um, so, yeah, uh, that, that's my focus is, is really doing uh, a lot more training. And, and, and when I say training, the things that I do, which is, and this is my, my program, but, you know, my, my Kingmaker thing Kingmaker is is, is, is is like computer game version of running your life. That's probably the best way to describe it. And I'll, I'll take that into businesses as well. So there's a lot of elements of the various things that I've got, whether it's Kingmaker, Cards on the Table, my Be A Better Speaker, um, work, Workshop, or my program. All these kind of things I can bring to, to into organisations. For instance, there was a lady that... Um, She's, she's doing some qualification that she needs, um, Six Sigma stuff. And as part of it is presentation. She's going to do a presentation. Everything in terms of academia is amazing. When it comes to pre presenting, she died and like she was fearful. And I did a three-hour one-to-one session with her. And when she first started, she considered herself four out of ten. She'd give herself four out of ten. By the time we'd finished, it was eight out of ten. And actually, she's come back ready. And that was three hours that I did on a one-to-one -one basis. So there's all these kind of things that we kind of bring to the fore. And that's these, these things that we're going to be doing in 2022. But it really is about picking your shots, making certain that there's no wastage, making certain that you're not punching cobwebs. I've seen too many people, like I say, spending as they was in 2019. Call it, make certain, you know, measure twice, cut once. That's where I'm at right now. What's sort of the last two years taught you sort of personally? I know you've just just gone through a massive upheaval in your business and transferred online and all these new other things. But personally, what's uh, what it's taught you personally uh, for Brad Burton as an individual? How resilient I am. 
right? How resilient I am. But equally, everyone's got a breaking point, okay? So, you know, twice in this last two years, I've kind of had a wobble, me, twice. And I think that in itself, there's something wonderfully disarming for yourself when you go hang about. You are human. You know, forget the stage, Brad. Forget the one giving it, right? But actually, you're human. And, and I think that that has been a real nice leveler for me, right? Because actually, if you think about what we talked about before, about this whole social media thing, about moving everything up on steroids, as a presenter, that's what I was. I was moving everything up, right? And actually, what's happened now is that I think that I've knocked the edges off myself and I'm slightly more smoother now as an individual, more rounded as a result of this. And grounded, rounded and grounded, I'm, I'm keeping that. Um, and actually, that's what it's taught me. One, resilience, and, 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 and probably the second thing is that you're human. And, and what's encouraging about this whole situation is that um, everyone has, in some way or form, been affected emotionally mentally financially spiritually everyone's been affected by this thing so no one's got away scot-free and um, and i think that that's the kind of universal voice uh, or that when, when i share a message that people go yeah you're right no no you know businesses the accountants field is done all right i know businesses have tripled over since the thing you bought equally they may well have tripled but the pressure has been elsewhere and and, and that's the thing that it's kind of taught me that everyone has um, has got themselves a story not everyone's prepared to share it though. Yeah, I think one of your, uh, thanks for sharing with that as well, but I think one of your strengths, and I, I know you've said this before, but uh, self-awareness and, and why it's so important to know who you don't want to be. And I think you've touched on that very well. And, you know, getting back to your roots and your values and your morals and just, you know, you, I, I follow you obviously uh, greatly on social media and um, I love your Instagram stories and your not only funny, humorous, but you keep it real. You talk about real people, you're not you know, pretending you're not someone who you are and you're very aware that you don't need to have all the all the bells and whistles to be a true human. Uh, and I really respect that as well. You know, Mike, I, I, I'm in a situation where, you know, I've got everything from a, a material thing that I want, everything, right? I've got everything, like everything. I know it sounds crazy, but this, this picture behind me, the, the pictures, these, these things that are just like, a lad like me would never have. I've got my, my original, let me show you this, my original Lego from 1978, right? You know, that it is, and, but I've got everything. And, and, and yet I see so many people that have everything but have nothing. <laughs> they've got nothing, right? All they've got is followers. They've got this, they've got that, they've got, honestly, take it from me, as a guy who's stage front, you know, goes on stage. You know, when I go there and I present, and the version that you see on stage is a different version to the one that I'm at home. I don't go high-fiving the kids and fist-bumping them, right? But having to live that, and I've got, like I say, talked about my friend, the entertainer, uh, having, having seen that they've got to maintain appearances all day long, that is tiring. That is tiring, especially having to maintain appearances throughout the last two years when actually they're stressed out to the max or they're losing money or whatever. So, so that's what I'm about, really. I'm trying to give hope to the everyman. I go back down to that. That, that, that thing that I see is that, you know, somebody gets 10 likes, they want 100, they get 100, they want 1,000, they want 1,000, they, they want 10,000, 10,000. It never ends. It's a game that you can never win because you're like a, a donkey with a carrot. You can never catch the thing that you're chasing. And, and, and you are filling a colander full of piss, filling it up. And it's a game you can never win and you are ultimately going to end up sad. <laughs> like, genuinely. It's a game you can never win. I'll be happy when I get a thousand followers. 
ah, I need 5,000 now. It's just a game you can never win. That doesn't mean don't strive. It doesn't mean don't go for the things you want to and be ambitious, be driven. But be happy. And so many people that I see are ambitious, they're driven, but they're unhappy because happy is always around the next corner when they get the new car, when they get 1,000 followers, 10,000 followers. It never ends. I know this. I wrote that book. Now what? Because I'd reached every single goal in my life. 2016, that was printed. So five years ago, I must have wrote it six years ago. I'd reached every, like every single goal in my life I'd reached. So I was 42 at the time. And like, I wrote, now what? Because I'd spent three months sat on my ass playing with the PlayStation, going to the gym. And it was just like bored. So, so you've got to do something. But I just questioned the validity of money chasing for the sake of money. And that doesn't mean I'm down on money because I'm not. But I just question when people are working and, 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 and one of the things that I said the other day, and I kind of clocked this, is that we give up so many of the small things, small moments in life for aiming for a big one. So we're going on holiday in 10 months time. So we go to Disney World for 18 days. It'd be amazing. Let's save our money up now. Let's deprive ourselves of stuff now. Let's, let's not see the children now. Let's do this now because I need to get money for the big moment. And sometimes big moments never happen. But even if they do, so what? There is a thousand small moments on every given day that we all fast forward because we're aiming for the big moment. And I think that that is a real danger to for a lot of people. Yeah, it's knowing when uh, enough is enough. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that your book was Now What? I had the same thought many years ago when I accomplished some of my goals, which was Now What? And I realized that it's not about accomplishing goals. It's about living your life on your terms and your passions. And one thing I sort of want to segue back into and some things we've sort of spoken to offline as well is your is your passions and we always go back to your passions people that don't know the uh, real brad burton you're you're a gamer you're an original gamer okay and then other people who don't know the real brad burton you're into ufos and aliens which i am too so i'd like to talk about some of your passions uh starting with with gaming i know you're getting back into that um what are you doing at the moment with gaming or so so, so I've got, I've got a PC, I've got an epic PC in my, in my man cave and there's everything with television and everything. And it's all connected. It just blows my mind. And I've got a mouse and everything. And I play PC games. I used to be a PlayStation guy and, um, and then PlayStation 5 came out and there was no games for it. So I didn't bother. And, uh, and that's when I ended up getting a PC. So I'm playing all manner of games at the moment, but primarily I'm into special forces games like uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which allows you to be like a special forces team. Um, but also importantly, I, one of my childhood dreams I actually managed to make happen, which was um, I bought an arcade machine. I've got an arcade machine downstairs with 8,000 games on it was full size. And that was to me, that, that's my Lamborghini. That genuinely, you know, your grand card on with his straddling his jets, that's crack on. For me, it's a it's an arcade machine and I've got, you know, I've got my Lamborghini there. So I'm a big gamer, uh, been a, my thing since 1980, 1980, so what's that then? Crikey, my good God, 41 years. So 41 years I've been a gamer and I continue to be a gamer. Um, but UFOs and aliens, uh, big, big, that's kind of something that I've been into around about the same time uh, since 1982. In fact, let me show you. 1981. This was the thing that started that whole thing off. This book from 1980 or 1980. This is obviously a sixth edition. This, but this was, yeah, 1977. This was, and it, this was um, in my school. It was in my school library, and I remember uh, this. So, so as you can see, with my UFOs and my Lego, there's a lot of ties from the past here. I think. I think there's a lot of ties that I've got in my man cave here that kind of ground me from the past, and also. Um, I've got my Lego here with my wife. 
Yeah, oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I've just started to get into Lego with my three-year-old son, so I've been visiting the Lego shop quite often as well. What's your theory on, you know, current disclosure? We had to... For people that don't know... um, We've had disclosure since 2001 with the National Press Conference came out and they literally disclosed everything. And that was 20 years ago. And we're still asking, when are we going to see disclosure? What are your thoughts on the current topics with disclosure? So I believe that um, the short version, I believe that right now in our airspace, we've got uh, invisible UFOs flying around. Invisible. And you go, (laughs) how can they be invisible? In the same way that Predator was invisible, let's say. And you think, well, that technology that was in Predator in 1986 actually exists on on the battlefield now. I have a friend of mine who, who's been at a defence conference who saw this thing, right? That's the reality of it. So it exists. The stuff that was, was science fiction, I think that we, I think there might be an arms race going on right now to, as to who can recover it. It's all very complicated. And I said to a friend of mine, I've been into this stuff for, since 1980, 1981. And I said, you know, he said, convince me. I said, mate, you're asking me to convince, put 40 years of research somehow into a soundbite and I recognise that when I share it to people who don't get this or don't understand it you come across as a complete fucking head the ball nut job I recognise that but you've got to also understand right I'm not a nut job I've researched this thing for 40 years and I'll tell you something in the last 18 months my worldview has changed on what these things are I used to believe that there was like little green men in them I actually think they're probably uh, drones automated AI drones. If you think right now we're over in Mars, we started uh, on, on, the, on the, uh, the space, you know, maybe 60 years ago, whatever. Um, you imagine 600 years in advance. You imagine 6,000 years in advance. You imagine 60,000 years in advance. You imagine 600,000, you know, and you think, our scale, and I think that that's what people need to understand. You're gonna take your iPhone back to someone in the medieval ages. Right? You're going to take your iPhone back to someone in 1900. You're going to take your iPhone back to someone in 1950. You take your iPhone back to someone in 1970. You get the point. Right? So in 50 years, it would almost appear magic. We could have the galaxies or, or, or aliens or whatever they are. We're sending computers with a little helicopter right now to Mars. Why wouldn't they be doing the same? Why wouldn't they? And I think that somewhere along the way, we might even have this all wrong here. That we've got this big thing that these things that we see are, are here to save us or to hear maybe they're just here to loiter around in the same way that you know um david Attenborough looks at penguins and there's no big thing here the thing you behind. i have no idea but what i do know is that i believe that that we're on the cusp of of, of this thing breaking as a story and i think that um you know, there'll be a, a, a video or a screen capture or, or a high quality photograph, which is authorised, which changes everything. And I think that, you know, everyone can laugh and dismiss. I saw a UFO back in 2013. I saw it for eight seconds um, and I documented it at the time. And people like, hey, eight seconds. I was on the phone to a friend of mine driving at 6.05, I think it was, uh, on a Friday. I was on the phone to him driving on, 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 you know, hands-free, driving, and I saw a black triangle float in front of me about five or six seconds, and it banked, floated. That's probably the best way to describe it, floated. The strangest thing ever. And I was on the phone to a friend of mine, and I went, what the fuck? I'll ring you back and put the phone down. Pulled into the shop, like literally probably 15 seconds away, and I rang him and said, I don't know what the hell I just saw. So I saw it. What was interesting about that, I put a post on, on Twitter about that. And then four hours later, a friend of mine, who at the time was 55-year-old recruitment consultant, she says, oh my God, we saw something similar four hours after, like 10 miles away from where you are, Brad. 
So, so you know, is she imagining it? Am I imagining it? Then I had a friend of mine, uh, one of my web developers, we were having a conversation over curry. He went, oh, my God, you saw a triangle? He said, yeah. He said, I saw one two years ago. He said, I was coming back from the shop, and there's this massive thing, like almost like a black on black. You couldn't even see it. You barely see it. And he said he watched it for 20 seconds, and you think, oh, shut up. Well, why didn't you take a photograph? Because you couldn't take a photograph. That's the other thing to understand. Right? If I, would have had, if I would have had my best camera set up and I would have had it on a tripod, then maybe I could have took the photograph. But you're in initial shock. What have I just saw? So you say to yourself, why is a big black triangle floating around Somerset at 6pm at night? Why, why would, who would do that? It's making no noise. So, so either I'm imagining it, and this is the problem, is you look on social media like Reddit, subforum, or the, the Reddit thing, you know, there's hundreds, thousands of people that are saying the same thing. So we're either all imagining it, or maybe just maybe for the first time ever, and this is why I think disclosure is coming, we're in a position where we can contact each other and we can confirm, whereas if you and I were in the pub, you'd say, oh yeah, Brad's been drinking again, ha ha ha. And that's dismissed, the conversation ends. Now people are coming together and being able to go, ah, you saw something, I saw something, and maybe there is something. So I think the things are coming, and I think it's going to be a game changer. If you think about the medieval world and the medieval times and the Bronze Age and the Iron Age and the Industrial and the Digital Age, I think we're coming into a different world again. I think, I think, I think, I think you kind of need to, um, you know. And I said this before because people dismiss me and go, "Oh, you're okay, right?" And then when the shit pops off, guess what? They'll all come to people like me and go, "Ah, oh, Brad, what do you know?" And that's and that's what happens. Remember when I started my networking organisation? People said it would never work. People said I got it wrong. And then, you know, people said, you're mad, you're mad, you're mad. And then all of a sudden, I suddenly became a genius. People said, oh, you're a networking genius. But I had to put up with all that mad. And I think that's the same situation with these UFOs and stuff. A lot to take in and digest, um, trying to unpack what you said. But I think the biggest disclosure that people aren't aware of, it's not the fact that uh, UFOs are aliens. It's actually bigger than that. There's deep underground military bases all around the world. And we have no idea what goes under, un under there and the sub-levels beyond. So we're actually creating technology that's beyond our time and the government has suppressed that. That's the biggest suppression is technology, hidden technology. I think the reason they're doing that is because they don't want, they don't want, whoever, listen, if you've got this fleet of, of a, a, a thousand F-35 planes, okay, and then you've got something that can actually just materialise from 40,000 foot to, to, to sea level within a nanosecond, a blink of an eye, your fleet of F-35s is, 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 is finished. And this is what you kind of need to understand is that there's a cold war going on right now and you think, oh, shut up, Brad. There's a cold war going on right now because whoever manages to control these things and you think, well, where did you get them from? And this is the thing, you know, there's crash ones. There's also landed ones that are seemingly been let, left to be gifted. So the first ever one before Roswell, there was actually one recovered fact recovered um over in in, in italy uh, mussolini had it and it's like and the, and the americans have ended up you think, you think this is just cloud cocky land this you're talking about, you know what so the, what, the the italians had a, a ufo uh, left with them and they give it the Amer they sold it to the americans yes and it's like i know i know it sounds fucking absolute thingy but let me just for, for all the adults on here who are laughing and lolling <clears throat> remember when you was a child mike and you thought that father christmas existed and the reason you thought Father Christmas existed is because your parents told you Father Christmas existed, right? And this is where I believe we're at right now, is I believe that we, you know, the world that we live in is a world that has been constructed based on someone clever putting control mechanisms in and what have you.
And it's, a, it's like, it's a really interesting, like I say, you know, it's um, the old days, I'd have been on a bong to try and work my way through this. But it's, you know, it's an it's a interesting times, interesting times for those people that kind of uh, want to embrace it. You know, they say um, ignorance is bliss. Probably worthwhile not even starting on this whole process because once you start on it, it's quite complex to try and work out where we as human beings fit into this. Absolutely. And, and just to, to wrap that, you know, 40 years of research for yourself, I've done 18 years of research for myself in that topic. And you can't tell people about what you know, because truth can only be experienced. Truth can't be told. So you can't tell me what you know. You, you can only experience your own truth. And I think it's interesting that uh, the last two years has taught us one thing is that the media is not your friends and the emperor has no clothes and the world is not what you think it is or not run by who you think it is too. So I guess we're all coming in sort of full circle and understanding that, you know, uh, at the end of the day, back to your networking business and why networking is so underrated is because people have everything you need. And I think we're getting to the age now we're realizing that, you know, having those values of close family, friends, and business partners is what's going to take you through 2022 and beyond as well. So uh, just before we close, I want to sort of touch on why you think sort of networking is so underrated and why your business is going to go strength to strength to strength over the next sort of two, three, five, ten 10 years. I think that once again, we've understood, I've learned massively from the last two years, which is the reason I managed to get through the last two years is because people relied on me right and actually that kept me up that kept me ready to roll and to ready to be combat ready and I, I think that there's too much reliance on technology we need to take technology back to people we need to use that as a conduit to to you know you and i meet on a, on, on, a, on a networking meeting but then we need to build that relationship beyond that and that's what i think that networking is about it's the simplicity of it it's about making it easy to meet people making it easy to chat to people you know my mum said to me don't talk to strangers and then you fast forward 40 years and guess what? I've got to talk to strangers. And I think we've kind of got to knock that out of ourselves. So from a networking perspective, we're looking at this completely differently in that I've always been commercially minded, right? I recognize that, you know, businesses need to make money. If they don't make money, you've got no business. So don't be under no illusions there. But I've also recognized something else that if the buyer doesn't like the seller, it's going nowhere. If I don't like you and you don't like me, it's going nowhere. So the purpose of what we do at Network Central Biz, is to try bring people together so that actually that people like each other they know each other they get to trust each other and they get to work with each other and the way that we approach it when you've got a, the head of an organization in the form of me who actually has all these values then you can see that you know from a cultural perspective we've got something that is pretty unique and, and new so many people are just focused on business 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 and actually you know it doesn't it ultimately it doesn't serve you being like that that doesn't mean that business is important come on Right, I've run three or four businesses, but what it means is about getting balance, and I think that that's what we're about with Network Central: balance from all areas. And actually, you know, having meeting friends in networking is a good thing, not something that should be shunned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I run a networking business myself, and we're sort of relaunching again after COVID in, especially Melbourne, Australia, the most locked down city in the world. And uh, yeah, trying to get out of it again and and meet new people we don't know. And at the end of the day, um, you know, people have everything you need. Uh, you know, friendship and ear to talk to everything. So uh, people are superior than anything else. Um, sort of want to wrap with a couple last questions and this is going to be an oddball question. So um, apologies if it catches you off guard, uh, no pun intended, but sure. If this, um, if you were invited to a celebrity boxing event and you could punch the shit out of someone in the face, who would it be? Um, <laughs> that's what I want to know. So celebrity boxing, Brad Burton versus who? It won't catch me off guard. No. 
<clears throat> uh, so there's a few people that wouldn't mind punching in the face in the UK. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll give you, I'll give you one. That's uh, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Mate, go on his Instagram. Right? I got it sent to me by someone who is well-known in the UK. He said, look at this clown. And I tell you what, like, he does everything wrong in his life. And there's a good example of someone that all they've got is money. Money. Go and have a look at Michael Bay on his YouTube. You, it's, it's car crash. You cannot help but enjoy how terrible. But if somebody needed punching in the face, it's that man. Oh, yeah, it'll blow your socks off. Like, seriously, talk about socks. These socks are $30,000. Oh, Mike, stop, stop, stop. Like, honestly, like, my mate sent it to me and said, have a look at this. I just watch this for a minute, and then the next thing, you're on a rabbit hole at Warren looking at how... And that's, I feel like a hater, because I'm looking at this guy going, I'm watching this guy, but I don't like him. Michael Bay, that's the tip. Michael Bay, yeah, director. Awesome. Definitely will uh, check out Michael Bay and uh, check out the person. Appreciate it. Uh, celebrity boxing, Brad Burton versus Michael Bay, and he can have one arm tied behind his back so he can get a couple of good punches in as well. So, yeah, where can um, where can people find you? And I know you said before, is it uh, is it net cent- networkcentral.biz? Networkcentral.biz. Yeah, yeah, B-I-Z. Yeah. Networkcentral.biz. And, and like I say, just get yourself stuck in there. Get yourself registered and come and say hello. So, yeah, you listen to this or you're online or whatever. Um, but, yeah, networkcentral.biz. And people interested in, in booking me as a speaker, like I say, I do bring a, a complete unique energy to any kind of event. And one of the things that was interesting about this, and I didn't even realise until I saw how shit most motivational speakers are in the UK, right? I've been along to an event and they had speakers there and I could not believe how terrible they were. And, like... I'm thinking, when does this get motivational? It was just a story. It was like, you know, violence porn. It didn't have anything to go. It didn't go anywhere. And then I realized that, you know, what I do when I bring um, any kind, when I speak or present, you know, I, I touch on dark things, but they're gone and then move on to something positive. You make the point and move on. But like this guy was laboring this part and I'm thinking, I'm losing my will to live here. It's like six minutes of just like all of the anguish and stuff he'd been through. And then he, you know, that was it. So I look at, I look at like I say, I don't think you realise how, or I don't think I realised how unique I am in the space. I had no idea, no comprehension whatsoever, um, you know. And I said the thing that I, that I realised was, and this is really a mad point, this one, is I kind of questioned myself. I said, I look, what's this kind of, what do I do? What is, what, as a motivational speaker, what do I do? How does a motivational speaker work? What is going on there? And I like, thought about it. And I'll tell you what I do is I take people back to a time in their life where something happened that they didn't learn the lesson. Although the lesson was right there, they chose to move away from it. And actually I take people back and go, okay, what did you learn here? Or what should you have learned here that you took on with your life? And that's what I do. That, that, that's the crux of how I do it. And I, I, I kind of only evaluated it having seen this guy who's doing a motivational speech and, and all he managed to do is genuinely made me feel you know, I felt felt dark at the end of it. I didn't feel uplifted or anything. And then I looked at, like I say, I kind of worked it out. But that's what I do. I take people back to a time when there's a lesson in life that they never learn and we go and pick it up again and we go forward with it. Yeah, awesome. And I think uh, another two things that you bring to the table that a lot of other people don't is is attitude and energy. And, and that's transferable and people can feel that as well, especially hearing you from stage and watching your videos and following your YouTube quite well. Um, now, last message before we leave the audience, what's something from the Kingmaker that you could share uh, with the audience to uh, leave them with some value? Good one. So, you know, um, I'm just looking at it right now. So, 
what we end up doing in our life is people under stress don't make great decisions, okay? So when you're stressed, trying to make a decision to get yourself away from the stress is unlikely to, or likely to yield you a bad result. So what I talk about within the Kingmaker program is recovery and intensity. Now, you think about it uh, like a bank, a bank you're either in the red, uh, which is, is not good, or even the black, you, you, you know, you don't. And actually what you should do is think about your, 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 your stress levels. Are you in the black? Are you in the red? And if you're in the red, don't be making any decisions that unless, unless, you know, a fire's burning, at which point you've got to make a decision. But do yourself a favour. What I do is generally, okay, life gets in the way. But in the round, I will not make a decision when I'm stressed. Because if you used to imagine those days when you wake up, and I've actually woke up really good today, which is cool, and I'm feeling good today. So I woke up today, and I'm full of beans and full of energy, and the decisions that I'll make will be based on me being full of beans and full of energy. Imagine I wake up, and for whatever reason, I've had a bad sleep, or I don't feel great, and I'm a bit dark. If I was to run that entire day, my day would be completely different. The outcomes and, 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 and so forth would be completely different. So this is what you need to understand, that this, the way that you feel about the world, whether you're, you're stressed or you're, you're relaxed, will have a big impact on how you manage your days and actually the results that you get. And this is what I urge people to do in Kingmaker, to ask the question with the people that are kind of on the, on the programme, uh, which does start in January the 16th. Um, but, you know, is, is actually, do you need to make this decision right now, as in right now? Or can we get the stress levels under control and then we can deal with it? And not more often than not, you know, the stress levels can get under control and then people end up... That's why people end up in bad places in life is because they make decisions when they're stressed. Wisdom. The wisdom of Brad Burton. No, thanks. That, that, that was great. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, now, for my audience out there and people listening to this, uh, go follow Brad. But if you want more from Brad Burton, go check out his YouTube channel. Uh, lots of uh, lots of videos up there and uh, heaps of content going back years and years and years. Follow Brad on Instagram and check out networkcentral.biz. And where else can uh, they connect with you, Brad, apart from those uh, channels? So, you know, Network Central, uh, at Brad Burton, I'm obviously on LinkedIn and the likes, and, you know, it's, it's got its place, but I'm, I'm going to be coming off. As soon as, as soon as I believe that that point is, I'm coming off social media. And what I mean by that, I'm coming off. They'll be there, forwarders, hey, Brad's moved on, whatever. But it's just a zero-sum game. You can't win. Like I say, probably the best way to describe it is like filling the colander full of piss. Then no matter how fast you fill it full of piss, you're going to lose. And actually, you know, play a game that you can win. And that's what Network Central is about. No algorithms and actually just bringing normal people together for a normal, non-bullet train, fast conversation, no flashbang wallop, just nice, clean conversations. And no metaverse? No, there'll be no hologram. There'll be no, there'll be no VR. But actually, go back to what I said before, Mike, which is this whole thing about, you know, why do people go to 80s clubs? And they go because it was a better time or they want to relive the old way. Well, I've done that with the internet. I've taken it back to a time before all this bullshit. You know, I look at this and I, I think about engagement. I think of people saying, yeah, it's good for engagement. And there's, you know, on um, Instagram, you know, people dancing to answer questions. It's like, what is going on? Like, you know, I get it. And then actually to, you know, me dancing, I end up with 10, 10 views. If I've got my wife with a bikini on and a suntan, you know, on a, a pina colada and a hotel on the beach, then she'll get a thousand views. And I just think, hang about. This is a game that I can never win because I am not that guy. So therefore, what happens is all the heat gets taken away from these individuals. And I get it. I follow these people. How do you think I know what, what's going on? Right? But the point is that unless you're prepared to ramp it up, 
Unless you're prepared to get smaller bikinis, unless you're prepared to get bigger, the whole thing is just crazy. And we, and I think in some respects, you look at what we're doing with this world in terms of from a global warming perspective, we're doing the same as individuals online. We are like just overconsumption of absolute bullshit for absolute bullshit. Well, you know, so you get a thousand likes, so what? What does that do for the world? What does that do for you? Gives you a little bit of a pop, but now you need to get a thousand and one the next time out because otherwise you don't feel as if, and the only reason you got a thousand and one is because you wore a bikini. So now you're wearing a bikini. You know you don't want to wear a bikini. Now you're saying, what on earth's going on? Stop. Get off the roundabout. This this is a game you can't win. Your life, your life, your life is a game that you can win. And that's exactly what you need to be doing. Focus on your life, whatever that thing is. Legend. Brad Burton, thank you again for uh, entertaining, bringing us value and just being yourself and being real. And uh, yeah, thank you for creating the businesses that you created. And uh, we look forward to many more things. So appreciate you being on the show again. And tomorrow you go out and follow this man. So Brad, have a rest of the day. Fantastic. And I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Mikey. Cheers. Best of luck, Bye. Cheers. All right.